How many of you believe that discernment is so important in the body of Christ? How many of you believe that what we do so much of the time here in this church is being able to discern what spirit is, is, is operating and then being able to address that spirit? So some people come and they need healing and they need deliverance, but the spirit of discernment is going to help us to give to that individual what they need. And so what I have found is in the body of Christ is not everyone walks in this level of discernment. So I thought we would talk about discernment this morning because it's really important. But I want to talk to you about two things. Number one, discernment versus discerning of spirits. Say they're not the same. Discernment versus discerning of spirits. They are not the same. You need them both. Say, I need them both, but they're not the same. You cannot have the gift of discernment. Sometimes I'll hear people say, oh, I have the gift of discernment. But you cannot have the gift of discernment because it is not a gift. It's a character quality. Say, it's a character trait. You can have the gift of discerning of spirits. The gift is called discerning of spirits. Let's be clear. The gift is called discerning of spirits. You discern what spirit is operating. Discernment is judgment. I have good judgment. I have sound judgment. But discerning of spirits is I can tell evil is in the house. I can discern there's a demonic power present right now. Both of them are used, you know, conjunctively. They're both needed. They're both very important. But one is a character trait and one is a gift. Does this make sense so far? So it's really important that we have both of them and we walk in both of them and we increase in both of them. So I want to tell, I want to first start off with a testimony of what I call the angels of death. Because it was through the gift of discerning of spirits that I was able to discern exactly what was going on in this scenario and somebody's life that would have been called to death is still alive today. And you can all do the same. So this was actually my husband. And he was at work, and I was at home, and all of a sudden I saw, because of the gift of the discerning of spirits, I saw a band of angels. Now how many of you know, when you see a band of angels, you need the discernment, right, of the Lord to discern, Lord, are these are they godly or are they of the devil? And sometimes you don't always know. Don't you just think that they're going to come wearing black if they're of the devil and white if they're of God? Do you not know that the angel, the, the enemy comes, what? He comes as an angel of light to deceive the church. So we have to have the discernment. We got to be fine-tuned in this area. So I see these band of angels and it was like a semicircle. They were dressed in white. But I looked at that, and I see my husband in the middle of this, of this semicircle band of angels. And he's in the middle. And, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Right? And I see they're getting closer. I see they're getting closer to him. They're getting closer and closer and closer. They're squeezing in on him. And I knew this is not God. This is not okay. This, these are angels of death. They just disguised themselves in robes of white. So every one of you probably need to throw out your dream books. Because sometimes I hear people go, oh, I had a dream. And I had orange in that dream. Let me get my dream book. Because orange means stop it. We should not do that. Because you're empowering man to actually speak as if he was God. Use discernment. 
Let God show you what's going on. I'm serious. I get people, they like depend on these books as if it's God's truth. They depend on it and they, they believe. Oh, well, it says orange is always, blue is always. Do you realize? Well, what's the difference then than going to a fortune teller and listening to what she says and says, this is that. Stop it. The Bible is clear. The spirit of the living God is life and he will speak to you what you need to know. Ask him. So, these angels, they're all pressing in. They're wearing white. And, I, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, are you kidding? So I point my finger, and I start to decree over them. I said, go! 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 In the name of Jesus. And as I did that, each and every time that I shouted, go! It's like I saw them do this. Until they dispersed and completely left. And I see him standing by himself. So I called my husband after that. And I said, what's going on? And he said, the weirdest thing just happened. He said, the weirdest thing just happened. He said, all of a sudden, I didn't know what happened. He goes, I just felt like, like I was having a stroke or something. There's stroke like symptoms were happening like to my body. Like I, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I, my arm can't move. Like my, can't, my brain is not telling my arm. Like, and he knew. He's like, my, my you know, he goes, something was happening. I don't know what was happening. And then it just all stopped. We need to be able to discern what spirit is operating. And when God gives you a vision, or even not just always a vision, walk into a room and discern. Discern the spirits. Have the gift of discernment. You can ask. It's a gift. So that the discerning of spirits is a gift. So you ask God for that increase, right? I start off this message with this, with this testimony because, number one, there's too much of the body of Christ that is not operating in this gift. And we need to be, we need to be because the angel of, the, the enemy wants to come as an angel of light, but he's not the true light. And we don't want to be deceived, Right? Okay, so let's, let's define discernment of spirits. I'll, write, I'll read to you what I wrote down to define discernment of spirits. So discernment of spirits is recognizing demonic presence. It's, being, it's literally just being able to recognize there's a demonic presence here. There is a demonic presence. It is not holy. It is not of God. Everyone just pay attention. Just focus, please. And the ability to tell who is spiritual and who is not. The ability to tell that. The, you know, who is a prophet and who is not. There are people that call themselves prophet all the time. They're not prophets. Stop believing everything you, that you hear or everything that you read. You know, we need to be able to determine what is of the flesh and what is demonic. Okay, so the gift of discerning of spirits is given by the Holy Spirit. Okay, who disperses all gifts, by the way, to us. All the gifts to the believers, to the body of Christ. So when you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because in this section of scripture, verses 8 through 10, it talks about some of the gifts that God has given us. Okay, and it says to one, verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the message of wisdom. Okay, it's a... Uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So to one is given the spirit of wisdom, to another, a mess, um, to another a message of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing 
by that spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another here it is distinguishing between spirits let's read it again to another distinguishing between spirits and then to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and then to another the ability to interpret those tongues right so these are some of the gifts that God has given to us but we know yes God works all he works them through us but when it comes to the gift of discerning of spirits every born again believer every born again believer in this room right now has a certain amount of discernment we all have a certain amount but as the believer matures as we mature in the spirit it's gonna grow that gift is gonna grow it's going to, and same with the character trait of discernment it grows it's growing as you use it and as you ask God for the increase are we understanding so far because both of them are really needed okay discernment and distinguishing of uh, and distinguishing between spirits protects you from deception it's really this gift and the ability also to walk in discernment these two are both so important it keeps you from deception it keeps you from getting deceived right so first John 4 1 first John 4 1 it says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world we are called to do what to test the spirit you are not called to believe everything that comes your way right now in the name of Jesus let every film over your mind be removed right now let every blinder fall off of your eyes in the name of Jesus let your ears be attentive to the Word of God for you are coming to this place today so that you can add to your learning so that you can go out and be stronger be sharper because God is with you and the word is freeing you today Amen? So, so to protect from deception, the Bible tells us we are to test the spirits. To see if they be true. To see if they be of God. So therefore, right in that very scripture tells you not everything is of God. Not every, everyone that comes and tells you that they are of God is of God. You know, one, I remember one time when I was praying for, for a group of people and we were doing a group deliverance and this one person was following me I'd never seen her before in my life but she was following me and I was praying for different people and you know I look back reminds me of the story of Paul um, but when I looked back this lady kept following but I could tell mm-mm mm-mm something not okay with her something's not right okay I mean I just let it go for a little bit you know prayed for a few more people and she just what she told me was she was trying to glean and she wanted to learn and she kind of wanted to just you know learn from me mm -mm. I knew that was not the truth I knew it was a lying spirit and so after a little bit I literally I turn around and and I looked at her and I said what spirit are you of and she goes Jesus test the spirits to see whether they be of God did I just test the spirit yeah but they also lie you have to know that they also lie and you have to understand that through the understanding with discernment and discerning of spirits both both discernment and discerning of spirits you will know when that spirit that you just tested is lying to you and so I said who, who are you of? she says Jesus and I said you are not of Jesus I said you are a false Jesus and I command you to come out 
That lady did not know what hit her. Neither did anybody else in that room. Neither did anybody else in that room because it wasn't even my meeting. It was a meeting that I was helping at. But let me tell you something. That, that lady was just like all over the place, you know, and, and um, just demon leaving her. Just that spirit. False Jesus. It was a Jesus? It was a false Jesus. Just like there could be a false Holy Spirit. We have to know this. We have to understand this. We have to be strong, church. We have to understand. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it says, but test everything. Test everything. Okay? And hold fast to what is good. When you test everything, you're going to hold fast to what is good because God is going to show you what is right and what is good. He is not withholding his blessing from you. He is not withholding. God is not withholding his truth from us. He is not trying to make you figure it out. He is not trying to make this difficult for us. But he says, I want you to learn to walk in a greater level of maturity because the days that we live in are dark. They are dark out there. And you've got to understand the spirit behind what is happening. The spirit behind what is happening. You hear all kinds of things in the news, in the media. You hear all kinds of things. You know, you hear things about the Equality Act. There is nothing equal about the Equality Act. That is under our feet. That is a diabolical, demonic lie to bring deception to the lives of our children. It is not okay, church. When you've got perverts that are being allowed in the children's bath, our girls' bathrooms, because of equality. Ridiculous. When you have churches and, and, and pastors that are saying, well, we want to be, we want to be, you know, nice. We want to be cordial. We, we want to be, we want to be right. We want to love. We just want to love them. But you're loving them to hell. Excuse me, but you're loving them right to hell. How are you going to say to the Lord when you loved them right to hell? It's true, guys. We're to love them to life. But we love them to life by speaking truth. When you love to life, you love because you're speaking truth. And not everyone likes truth. Not everyone's going to be okay with the fact that you're speaking truth. But truth never changes. Because the truth is God's word. And I've told you all of last year, the remnant. Guys, God is drawing the remnant to himself. Remnant. Are you willing to be the remnant? So Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We be transformed, we become transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that by testing, by testing, you may discern. We need to discern. How do we discern? By testing. As we're in the word of God, we renew our mind on his word. And then it says by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. By testing. So here it gives us, if you're reading it, we, there's, a, there's like a flow here. There's a flow here. And so it's do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So right there, number one, we got to renew our mind on the word of God. Daily. Daily. If you're not in the word of God daily, make today a new day. Start today. Daily, let your mind be renewed by the word of God so that you may prove. What does that mean? It means so you can test. So that you can test to see what is truly good. Not everything that appears good is good. Not every carrot that's dangling is of God. Not everything that glitters is gold. Right? But it's only by discernment that you're going to be able to understand, or discerning of spirits, that you're going to be able to understand what is truly here. Like you guys all know, music is a perfect prime example. Right? There's music that you listen to, but if it leaves you feeling yuck, if it leaves you feeling 
something is just depressed. If it le and I don't care if they title it Christian. I don't care if they say this is the top Christian artist. I don't care. That means nothing to me. If that song leaves you not feeling full of the Holy Ghost, then that song is filling your mind with a different spirit and you're allowing it. But we have to, we have to guard our spirit man. We have to protect our spirit man, right? This is the most precious, precious gift God has ever given us. Is the spirit of the living God that lives on the inside of us. What are we doing to protect the spirit of the living God in us? Or are we allowing him to be defiled, defiled because we just allow anything and anyone to speak? I don't allow anyone to speak into my life unless I know where they're going to go. And if I listen and they, and they start speaking something, I'm listening. If I hear something going off, I say, stop. Mm -mm. I'm not going to receive that. You have to be that way. You can't just be like, well, you know, I, don't want, I want to be nice. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Because how about the Holy Spirit in you? By discernment and discerning of spirit. By discernment, sound judgment. And by discerning of spirits, what spirit are they of? Is the Holy Spirit or is this the other spirit? By discernment, sound judgment. And discerning of spirits, what spirit are they of? Are you going to be able to discern? There are people that call themselves Christians. There are even people that say, oh, I, I'm do, I do deliverance. I do healing. Whatever. God does all that. You know, I just have a problem with people saying, well, I heal. Really? Wow. Jesus. No, Jesus is the healer. Sorry, but you didn't get that corner market. I don't know what you thought, what lie you're believing, but Jesus is the healer. He'll use people who work through people. Absolutely. Yielded individuals. But the power is not us. The power is of God. So, so you'll get people that will tell you, oh, I do this, I do that, whatever. And, and they may be, and they'll use the word. The Bible's full of uh, demons, spirits, telling Paul, you know, of different scriptures, you know, and Paul having to cast that thing out, even though they were speaking the word. Demons know the word. But they just tremble because they know that they're defeated because of the word. They know the word, but they tremble. So I want you to have discernment so that when somebody is saying something to you and you go, oh, wow, they do deliverance. But something isn't quite right in your spirit. Like you get a check. Listen to the check. Don't disregard. Don't just push it away. Stop just saying, oh, you know, it's okay because, because so-and-so mentioned that they know them and, and so therefore it's okay because they're in the church. They even go to House of Glory. No. If I found out about it, though, we're going to deal with it. Seriously. Because that kind of, it's like a little leaven leavens the lump. The whole thing. Little leaven leavens the lump. So we would deal with it because that's important. So, so when you get a check, the Holy Spirit gives you a check. It's important that we heed. We listen. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the blueprints. You just need to know, I don't have a good feeling about this. I don't know. The Spirit of God, through the reason of use, this is actually through practice, you start to realize this is not of God because I'm just not getting the release. That comes through practice, right? But, but, but you've got to start somewhere. And so then listen to that. Heed that Holy Spirit. It's a red flag. Sometimes we call it the red flag. But back to the discerning of spirits. So pray. We can pray for, the, for this gift of discernment of spirits. Solomon prayed in 1 Kings 3.9. And he said, and he said uh, God said that he was the wisest man. Right? God said he was the wisest man on earth. But in, in 1 Kings 3.9, it says, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. 
For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Solomon, this wisest man that asked for this gift of understanding, an understanding heart. He's asking for discernment. He's asking for wisdom. He's asking for having a heart that really understands. And you know, to understand good from evil, right? And only and God can give you that. As a matter of fact, ask him for it right now. Lord, I'm, I'm asking that you increase, well, give me the gift of discerning of spirit, spirits, and then increase that within me. Even right now, throughout this room, right now, even as we're talking about this, I just decree that over them, that Father God, that the this gift of the discerning of spirits is increased over each and every one of them right now, in the name of Jesus, that maybe this gift isn't talked about as much, but it should be, because it's such a powerful gift. It is a powerful gift that's going to move people right into the destiny. And if they don't know, they don't have this gift, it'll move them out of destiny because they'll make wrong choices. So I thank you for the increase of that gift right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk about uh, discernment. We can grow in discernment too. We can grow in discernment. The word discernment literally means hearing or listening. So I can discern what you're trying to tell me if I'm listening. If I'm hearing you, if I'm listening to you without trying to have preconceived ideas and already have a statement made up in my mind. That's not listening, right? People that, they're, they're, you, you know, they're, they act like they're listening, but you know they're not. You can see the wheels spinning. You know that everything you're saying, they're just, they're ready. They just can't wait. They can't wait. They're, they're like this horse just ready to move that door open. They're running through. They got all these things ready to say. They don't listen to nothing. They listen to nothing you had to say. Are they operating in discernment? They can't be. Because they're not listening. So, but when we listen, when we look and listen, we can discern what's happening, what's going on. So it's called sound judgment. Okay, that's another way of practical wisdom, right? So judging between things. If you, if you can't understand something that's, or if you can understand something that's hidden, like in a movie, right? Nothing, you know, a, a complex plot, you know, but you're watching and you're discerning. I know what's going to happen. I know. Why? Because you've got discernment. God is giving, but you're listening. You're watching. You're listening and you're hearing. And you know that here's what's going to happen. Here's the outcome. And the people are like, wow, what is that? Do you have ESP? No. You have discernment. It is discernment. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So here it says, uh, those who by reason of use, by constant practice, this version that I'm reading to you says constant practice. The New King James says by reason of use that you have your senses exercised to discern. Your senses have to be exercised. They have to get used to discerning good from evil, right from wrong, judgments. How many of you brought an umbrella today? You did! I got one person that brought an umbrella today. None of us did. We weren't paying attention clearly too much because it started raining a little bit. So you used some discernment. Well, you're the only one in this room. <laughs> Let's look at Joshua for a moment. Joshua loved, and Joshua loved and served God. I want you to see how practical this is. 
what, what I'm talking about here, I want you to see how practical and how this is so important for us. Because Joshua loved and served God, right? He, meant, he was mentored by Moses. How many of you guys remember this? He was mentored by Moses, right? He loved God's presence. Do we love God's presence? We absolutely love God. And so he loved God's presence. I mean, he, remained, he remained at the tent of meetings because he loved God's presence. We remain here and we worship when we linger because we love God's presence, right? But he lacked discernment at a very pivotal time. He lacked discernment at a very pivotal time in his ministry uh, because he kept his guard down. When his guard was down, he was deceived. And so how many of you know the story that we're going to turn to? It's Joshua 9. Joshua 9. This is the story of the Gibeonite deception. The Gibeonite deception. And I'm just going to read portions of this story to you out loud. Out loud. Because it's, you know, his failure to consult the Lord entrapped him into deception. So instead of walking in discernment, his failure to actually ask God, listen to what God was saying, actually entrapped this man of God that loved God. So here's the point. You know, you guys, we have to understand... We have to practice discernment, practice discerning of spirits. We ask God to increase these in us so that we don't become deceived. Because he loved God. Let's read. It says, all of the kings came together to wage war against, against Joshua and Israel. And however, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a trick. This is, so they had this victory, and the people of God saw, my gosh, they're like, what can stop them? They're so powerful. So what did they do? They resorted to trickery, to schemes. The enemy's always trying to come up with a scheme. And he pretended, they pretended to be ambassadors whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks. So they devised this whole scheme. Like if it was like a skit they could have worn, or a play, they could have won an award. They they really, they really set this thing up good. Like they're like, okay, we're gonna put, we're gonna put these worn out sacks, old wine skins. We're gonna put cracked, cracked and mended, so some are cracked and some are mended, so it looks believable. So they come and they've got all these, they've got these old worn out sacks, as if they traveled from a far, far, far place, and they, they put worn out patched sandals on their feet, and they wore old clothes. Who, who, who? Gibeonites, the Gibeonites, Joshua just had this great victory. All the enemies saw the victory that Joshua had. Do you not think the enemy sees the victory that you're having? Do you not think that trickery is, he's trying to bring trickery into your life and trying to get you to be offended or, 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 or deceived in some way, somehow? Absolutely. Come on, let's make this applicable, right? And so they, they have these worn out sandals on their feet. They're wearing old clothes. They're acting as if they came from far, far away. Like we're not your neighbors. We, we come from a far, far away. And, and the reason for that, by the way, is because God had told them, you need to destroy those that are all close to you. You need to destroy them. Like they shouldn't be left alive. And so they know this. And so they're like, okay, we're going to act like we don't live close by, except for that we are their neighbor. And we're not going to tell Joshua that we're actually your neighbor. So we're going to act as if. We're going to pretend like we've come from a far, far place. So they went to all this extent to make it appear like they are not neighbors. They came from a far, far place so that they wouldn't be destroyed. Trickery. Schemes of the enemy. And so then, it says here, all their bread and their food supply was dry and moldy. I mean, how long did they plan for this plan? They, this was a well-laced plan. Their food was moldy. It was dry. And then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. And they said to him and to the Israelites, 
Now here's the lie. We come from a far distant country. Make a treaty with us. Make a promise. Make a covenant. Let, let's, let's keep peace between us. Wow. When the enemy comes to you to try to shake your hand, you need to kick him in the foot. When the enemy comes to try to get you to congratulate or to say, yeah, that's good. Let's be in agreement. Let's, let's, let's let our yes be yes. You need to actually say no in the name of Jesus. I stomp on your plan and destroy it. I see what you're doing. Because discernment of the Lord gives me judgment. Discerning of spirits tells me you are not who you say you are. So important. It's really, really important that we understand this and, and really apply this to our life, you guys. So they go, you know, let's make this treaty. The Israelites, they say, perhaps you live, but perhaps you live near us. So how can we make a treaty with you? So they're like, you know, Joshua and the Israelites are like, yeah, but what if you live close to us? Like, what if you're not who you say you are? What spirit are you? Jesus. Do you see the similarity? You don't go, oh, okay. Oh, good. No. Stand firm and listen and carry it through. So look what happened here. We are your servants, they say to Joshua. But Joshua says, where are you from? Where did you come from? They say, your servants have come from a very far distance because of the fame, <laughs> the fame of the Lord your God. We hear how wonderful, how glorious. We hear the healings. We see about God's outpouring. How glorious. We've come from a faraway place. No, they did not. Lying thieves is what they are. Yeah. And so, you know, he says, oh yes, the report, you know, all throughout Egypt of what God has done. Right? And so let, let's go down to verse 12. It says, this bread of ours, I mean, they, they really win the award for, for acting here. He says, this bread of ours was warm when we packed it. When we left on our way home, it was warm when we came. But now look, it's moldy. Look, it's dry. These wineskins, they were filled with new wine. But look, now they're cracked. And, they, and now that we've come to you, it's dry, it's moldy, it's cracked, it's old. Look at this, because we've traveled a long, long way. But here's the mistake. Look at, verse, look at verse 14. The Israelites sampled their provision, but did not inquire of the Lord. They didn't ask for counsel from the Lord. Now, Joshua is a man of God. Joshua loved God, right? But we can all fall into this trap where we either become busy, we become distracted, we become tired. Tell me, there's nobody there's nobody that can say, that's never happened to me. I walk perfectly. No. But this is a good reminder for every single one of us to guard that which the enemy is trying to come against you with. So the distractions, being tired, you know, just, just all of that, you know, commotion, chaos, you know. Um, we all go through seasons where it's really busy, but even more so during those times, how important is it that you press in and don't make a decision until you inquire of the Lord? That's all it would have taken. Ask God's counsel. And, you know, and that's, and that's the instruction for us. Ask God's counsel. Just ask God for his counsel. So Joshua didn't do that, and he made a peace treaty with them, and he said, basically, they're going to live. He allowed them to live. And um, three days after... I'm sure we all have stories of the three days after, I just knew it was the worst decision. Oh my gosh, and then you're the dread. How many of you guys are, is it just me? 
like three days later or so, you go, oh my gosh. And then you're repenting because you realize, I forgot to ask God that time. I just got so into the flow. I didn't even ask. Father, forgive us. So three days after they made this treaty with the Gibeonites, the, the Israelites heard that they were their neighbors. They heard the truth. It was too late because they already made an agreement. They had already made a covenant. It's a covenant. We, in our culture, don't understand covenant. Because in our culture, we go, what's covenant? Oh, you mean marriage? Oh, well, if it doesn't work out, we'll just get divorced. Right? But in the Old Testament, covenant was a covenant that God made between us and him. And that covenant was, a, it was for life. That's why it was so important. That way, you made a covenant with your enemy? You made a covenant with your enemy? You were told to destroy them, but you made a covenant with your enemy? Well, now you can't undo that. It's for life. So now they had to actually go and do, he's like, well, you know, this is what happened. It's still, he still had to hang on. He still had the consequences. So what happened, he says, Joshua summons the Gibeonites and he says, why did you deceive us? Why did you lie? You know, why did you say you come from a faraway place when you actually live right near us? You're now under a curse. So they're still stuck. You're still stuck with that gum on your shoe. You're going to have to kind of like, but you're still going to remember the consequences. You may have to walk with the limp, but you're going to remember the consequences so you don't ever do that again. Right? And so he says, you know, now you're under a curse. You will never be released from the service of being a woodcutter and water carriers for the house of the Lord. So it was like this was a curse for them. But don't, don't, don't ever forget, not just a curse for them, but Joshua too had to live with the fact that he didn't inquire of the Lord. And so this was also something that it came, came upon him. So how important is it that we do not neglect the whispers of God? Right? We know that scripture in 1 Kings where it says, you know, there was the wind. And there was the earthquake, and there was the fire, but God spoke in the still, small voice, right? In the still, small voice. So a lack of discernment can get us into trouble when we do not take the counsel of God, but instead we take counsel from the wicked. Psalm chapter 1 tells us not to take counsel from the wicked. Do you know that it even is so important even in the books that you read, the authors that you read, even if it says they are Christian, or even if they got a Christian website, or even if half your friends tell you that, oh yeah, they're Christian, and they, they use scripture, and I know they're good. Use discerning of spirits. Let God give you an increase of discernment, that trait, for you to discern and say, hmm, Lord, is this truly of you? Because he will show you. Even authors, I've read, I've looked at books that someone has said, this is a Christian book and it's really good, but you know, would you, would you read it or give me your input on it? You know, and I'll read, I'll flip through and I'll be like, mm, everything in here looks good, sounds right. It, and it even has some, uh, I, I would even, be, things that I would have preached, things that I do share, things that I believe. But yet, something is not settling in my spirit. So therefore, what do you do with that? We throw it away. We throw it away. We trash it. That's right. We throw it away. Because you know what? The spirit of the living God in me is too precious for me to allow any form of mixture. Any form of mixture. Don't ever think that, what am I going to do now? Oh no. What am I going to do now? What you're going to do is you're going to depend on the spirit of the living God who fills you up to the overflow when you ask him for bread. He's, gonna, he's filling you up and he's giving you the increase. Don't worry about all these other things. Listen to the sound of God's whisper. Let the sound of God's whisper be what leads you. Let him grow you in the gift 
and let him grow you in this character trait. But know that this is something that we should be asking God for the increase. Ask God for the increase. And Psalm 119.66, this is a really important, powerful scripture. If you've never heard this before. Psalm 119.66. It says, teach me knowledge and good judgment. Good judgment is discernment. Teach me knowledge. Right? This version says judgment and knowledge. Okay? But judgment is discernment. So teach me knowledge, good judgment, or discernment, for I trust your commands. Do you know that you could be praying that scripture? Lord, I'm asking that you teach me. Give me good discernment. Lord, give me good judgment. Lord, increase that judgment on the inside of you. And we know that James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks, if you lack wisdom, because wisdom and judgment and discernment, they go hand in hand. If anyone lacks wisdom, we're to ask the Father who gives to all abundantly, and that is without finding fault. So he's not... 